church said, unusual favor means that God wants to do something uncommon, abnormal, unexpected, surprising, unfamiliar, different, that he wants to do something strange, odd, weird. I like this one, that he wants to do something freaky. In other words, the kind of favor that's getting ready to hit your household is going to freak you out. Also, I like this one. The word unusual means that he's going to do something rare and bizarre. Anybody believe that? God can do something bizarre. It's to me, it's bizarre that 12 years ago we started in a fleet market and here we are 12 years later. And the church that we own, we need to give God a hand praise for that. Amen. That's bizarre that you can start a church with a $1,300 seed. 12 years later, it turns into almost $6 million, amen, with 10 acres. And then we move in here in our 10th year. God will give you an acre for each year. Come on, somebody. You ain't got to sit around waiting for your 40 acres in the mule. You better go get it yourself. He said in Deuteronomy 8 and 18, he said, I'll give you power to gain wealth. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were talking about how if you equate how much African Americans are old today, if you did the 40 acres in the mule, it was like $846,000 per African American, and there's about 13 million of us. It came up to like $42 trillion. So we know Trump ain't passing that. Come on, somebody. So you might as well, you better go get it while you, can, while you, got, while you got your health. <laughs> People, I want it. You, you go get it then. But check this out. I believe that God wants to loop 250 to us in 2017. Somebody say Luke 252. If you don't know other scripture in the Bible, listen, you better know Luke 252. God will Luke 252 you. He will give you not only a favor with God and he will give you favor with man. It's already proven that you got favor with God. Well, how's that, Pastor? Because you you still breathing. You're still standing. You don't even look like what you've been through. Come on, somebody. You don't even smell like all the hell you've been through. Can I get a witness up in here? Come on. You came out on your feet and not your head. Amen. So, so he said that I'm going to give you favor with God. Put that up real quick. I'm going to give you favor with, 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 with God and man. Well, pastor, all I need is favor with God. No, you need favor with God and man. Now, now check this out. Now, y'all know I was preaching in London last week. The only reason why I was preaching in London is because I had favor with man. There's a man by the name of Jonathan Miller from Orlando, uh, uh, Florida, that introduced me to a guy named Michael uh, White from London and said, y'all need to know each other. And because I met Michael White, Michael White, amen, had me preach for him last week. Because Jonathan Miller hooked it all up. That's why it's important that you have divine connections in your life. A lot of times it's not what you know, it's who you know. The only reason why I've been to Australia twice and New Zealand twice is because by a man named Obed Martinez that hooked me up with a guy named John Cameron and took us to lunch and said, y'all need to know each other. Next thing I know, I'm flying in New Zealand telling people that Jesus is Lord because it's important that you know somebody. God will loop 252 you. 
give you favor with God and man I'm believing God that this is going to be the year that you and I experience more favor with man than we ever have in our whole life how many of you receive that on today mm -mm 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 -mm. you need favor with God and man and when you got favor with God and man that puts you in a win-win situation that means you can't lose can I get a witness up in here when you got favor with God and man so, so let's get into this a little bit today because I, I believe that this is going to be a year of unusual uh, favor in our life. But, you know, I always preach and teach that God's love is unconditional, which means you can be crazy and God will still love you. Can I get a witness? <laughs> but this is the key. In order to experience the promises of God, there are certain things that we got to do on our end in order to see God move. So the first thing first, people of God, in order for me and you to experience unusual favor is that you have to seek him. Somebody say seek him. You have to seek him, which means to eagerly pursue him, which also the word seek means to go after him, which also means to aim after him. Your aim has to be Jesus. Your aim has to be God, not what you can get from God. But as long as your aim is for him and you're eagerly pursuing him, everything else will fall in place. How many of you believe that on today? Uh-huh. My motive is I want him. And everything else will fall in place. Go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Let's go to a familiar text. Look at this. It says, but, but seek. Somebody say seek. So it says seek first. Doesn't have a problem with you seeking an education. But he says seek me first. He doesn't have a problem with you seeking a, a career. But he says seek ye first. Doesn't have a problem with you going after that doctorate. Praise God. Amen. But at the end of the day, he said, seek first the kingdom. His kingdom is his rule and his reign. And how many of you know his kingdom lives on the inside of you? We are his rule and his reign in the earth. Me and you are supposed to rule and reign. Pastor, you mean to tell me his kingdom is in me? Yeah, go to Luke 17, 21. Let, let me help somebody real. It says, nor will they say, see here or, or see there. For indeed, somebody say indeed. The kingdom of God is within you. Look at your neighbor say, the kingdom is in you. Which means that he's put me and you in the earth to rule and to reign, to kick butt and take names. Come on, ultimately to make his kingdom famous in the earth. Because that's who we are. We are his kingdom. Somebody scream, kingdom. kingdom. All right, I like that. Bless the Lord. I, I be going to other churches and I say, say kingdom. They be like, kingdom? Like, Y'all ain't kingdom. Y'all still doing church. Y'all still doing religion and tradition. Come on, son. <laughs> See, kingdom people know who they are. And whose they are. He says, seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness so when we're seeking his kingdom and his righteousness which means right standing right living not perfect but trying to give a perfect effort when it comes to serving our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ mm -hmm. look at your neighbor say don't lose your seek the enemy if he's after anything he's after your seek he doesn't want you eagerly pursuing God. He doesn't want your aim to be in life that I want to please God and that everything else is going to take care of itself. But my Bible tells me that if I seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these other things, somebody scream things, 
will be added to me. Things, 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 things. Meaning that he will release the house. He will release the vehicles. He will release the provision. He will release the job. He will release the unusual favor in your life. He will release the baby. Glory to You better hear what I'm saying on today. So, so he said all these other things. Pastor, you mean God want me to have things? You better believe it. The book of Joshua said, in Deuteronomy, says, I'll give you houses you didn't build. I'll give you vineyards that you didn't plant. I didn't build this. What's interesting, this was built in 87. I was a freshman in high school and crazy. But God had me on his mind as they was putting the plywood in here. As they were putting the brick in here. He knew one day a guy named Reginald Steele and them crazy people at Kingdom. They're going to come and occupy the earth in this region. I'm going to even move some. I'm going to even bring some out of certain environments. And I'm going to connect them all. To, I'm going to begin to connect the dots in their life. I'm going to cross every T and dot every I. I'm going to take them from a familiar place to a foreign place. And I'm going to bless them like I bless Ruth. Because Ruth made up in her mind. I'm not going back to what's familiar. I'm leaving my environment so I can begin to see another side of God. Somebody need to give God a praise in this place. Somebody scream, leave your environment, leave your environment. Some of y'all had to leave certain environments so you could think on another level. So you can see on another, you couldn't even think in Chicago. <laughs> Cleveland had you so bound, you couldn't even see. You like, I got to get out, I got to leave all this mountains and this grass for some rocks and cactus. Some of y'all even in your journey said, what mean is this? But sometimes you got to go to a foreign place. Abraham had to go to a foreign place. Ruth had to go to a foreign place. Can I get a witness? How many of y'all from here? Raise your hand. That's what I thought. About 11 of y'all. <laughs> All the rest of us, God had to take us to a foreign place. So we can think and see on another level and really experience the favor of God. But in the journey, don't lose your seek. In this life that brings tribulation, don't lose your seek. In this life, when the enemy throws everything in the kitchen sink at you, don't lose your seek. Your seek. When the enemy throws all kind of curveballs your way and tries to get your focus off, don't focus on what you're going through. Focus on where you're going to. Because the enemy is after your seek. He doesn't want you to eagerly pursue God. He doesn't want your aim in life to be God. Oh, but I guarantee you, I, I said I guarantee you that if God is in you and you're seeking him and you're keeping his kingdom first and you're, going, you're trying to do righteous, you're trying to do the right thing, God will begin to really do exceedingly abundantly above more than you can even imagine or even think. So number one, in order to experience unusual favor is you have to seek him, eagerly pursue him. I like that. Go after, as long as you're going after him. Oh man, he'll do it, won't he? Go to Hebrews 11.6, Hebrews 11.6. 
It says, but without faith it's impossible to please him. For he who, who comes to God must, somebody say must. Must means it's a necessity that you believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Somebody say seek him. So pastor still, are you telling me if I seek him, I will be rewarded? That's exactly what I'm saying. Because that's exactly what the scripture says in the B clause of Hebrews 11. It says and that he is a rewarder. Who is he? God. Jehovah Jireh. Our provider. El Shaddai. The all sufficient one. He says listen. I will reward those, 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 those. Which means there's going to be some people that are going to be excluded. But it says I will reward those who seek me. I'm going to reward those that eagerly pursue me. I'm going to reward those that they're aiming after me. Uh-huh. They're, they're, they're chasing after me. They're going after my face and not my hand. So look at that. Look at that latter part one more time. It says, uh, uh, the, he said, I'm going to reward those who diligently, diligently, which means, diligently means that will earnestly, truly, Seek him. Because you can go to church and not have a seek. I mean, some people just go on to church, just go to church and haven't really become the church. I'm going to church. <laughs> but until you become the church, well, I'm talking about God as a priority. Uh-huh. You still got a life outside the church, but he's priority. He's first. Somebody say first. He's not second or third. He's not taking the back seat to nobody. He'll begin to reward you. How many believe that today? That he'll reward you. Amen. Hallelujah. So, so, so number one, unusual favor is coming to those that, that, that seek him. Psalm 27 and 8 real quick. Uh, Psalm 20. It says, when you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face. Lord, I will seek. <laughs> I love that. You seek his face, man, everything else is going to follow. Mm -hmm. You know how it says, uh, without faith it's impossible to please me, but I'm a rewarder of them, them that diligently seek me. See, when you have a true earnest seek, God will begin to cause you to walk in preferential favor. Because, again, favor means that he will prefer you. Also, the word means that he will be benevolent and he will be kind. Now, remember I told you I was in London last week. I waited to the last minute to get my ticket. And when my assistant talked to me, he said, Pastor, because we waited so long, it's going to be 13500 I said, my God in heaven, even though we can do that, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go ahead and just rough it. For the 10 hours and 15 minutes, I'm going to go ahead and get in coach, and I'm going to just rough it. That's a long flight. 10 hours, you just like this the whole time. I said, man, get me the $2,200 ticket. Because <laughs> Philippians 4.12 says, abound are a base, with or without. Then the next verse says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But because I know I've been preferred, and I know God is benevolent and kind. I said, I'm going to wait till the day that I got to leave to see if they got some first class tickets. So they can, they can upgrade me. And then I called. And me and my wife was at Lolo's. And 
They said, oh, yeah, we can upgrade you, but that's going to be 16,300. I said, Jesus of Nazareth. I said, look at, crunch the numbers again. Then they came back to me with 11,400. So then I told my sister, I said, man, make a call. He found an app to where they can upgrade me coming back home for $1,080. I said, look at God. Get, I told him, get, get it. Because, you know, because, you know, first life, they have a bed. When you go enter, it's a bed. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down <laughs> in the green. I want to lay down. Praise the Lord. So he said, but pastor, there's nothing going first class. He said, but on the way back, 1,080, I was rejoicing. I was like, look at God, unusual favor. So I get to the airport. I said, hey, my sister already got me a ticket coming back, but I know you guys said going, there's no more first class. They said, well, sir, somebody just had a family emergency, and they're not going to be able to take their first class. We can upgrade you for $950. <laughs> Where's my credit card? Praise him in the sanctuary. He, he makes me lie down. Uh, so I got a chance to lay down going, and I got a chance to lie down coming back. My point is this, that when you're diligently seeking the Lord, and you're seeking his face and not his hand, Come on, he will be kind to you. He will be benevolent to you. He will prefer you. He will give you the desires of your heart. In other words, God will upgrade you. And I pray an upgrade anointing over this house that he will upgrade your house. He will upgrade your job. He will upgrade your vehicle. I prophesy that, that God is about to upgrade your favor. Somebody give God a praise. Look at somebody say, get ready for upgrade. Get ready for upgrade. Because if God upgraded your pastor, my God in heaven, that means upgrade is hovering over this house. That means there's an open heaven that's over this house. And I prophesy upgrade over your life, over your family. In the name of Jesus, somebody give God a praise. Slap somebody, tell them, keep seeking them. Keep seeking them. That's what happens when you seek first. All of a sudden, somebody will have a family emergency. And I laid right up in their bed. First, I prayed for them, Lord, keep them. Whatever the emergency was, I'm about to lay down for these 10 hours in 15 minutes. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. <laughs> so, I say all that to say, if you seek him, he will do something bizarre. How are they going to try to charge me 16000 I mean, no, I was born that night, but not last night. Right. See, I'm a pastor, yes, but I'm a businessman too. Right. I got to be a good steward over what the Lord has given me. Right. So I'm like, I'll just rough it. Ain't like I ain't been in coach before. That's why I love Paul. See, when things went south in ministry, that brother, had, that brother knew how to build tents. You feeling me? So you always got to have a plan B. You better be able to multitask. You hear me? <laughs> So because of time, number one, in order to experience unusual favor, seek him. Could go to so many more scriptures, but because of time, serve him. Seek him, serve him. Go to, uh, go to uh, Matthew 20, verse 26. 
Because in order for you to experience unusual favor, you got to seek him. And he said he what? He will reward you. He will cause all other things to be added to you. Then it says, yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great, listen to this. Whoever desires uh, to become great among you, let him be your servant. So, pastor, are you telling me the prerequisite to greatness is that I got to be a servant? Absolutely. A servant is someone that's a helper, that knows how to assist, that can aid, that can lend a hand. And also the word serve means to make a contribution. So he said, you want to be great? I need you to be a servant then. <laughs> then, then, then. Go back, go back. Then it says, whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. Next verse. Then it says, and whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. So I got to slave my way to the top. That's exactly what I'm saying. When I accepted my calling 20 years ago, the man of God gave me some comment, a mop, and a vacuum cleaner. And he looked at me and my wife. He said, clean the church for a year, then I'll let you preach. We were 24 and 23 years old. We cleaned that church every Monday and Thursday. Made sure that thing was clean for free. Then when I got 25, I preached my first message. And now I'm 45. Do the math. 20 years later, but I had to slave in them bathrooms. I had to slave in that sanctuary and make sure that I made sure they had pretty lines in that green carpet. Can I get a witness, baby? We made sure our kids were little. We only had three back then. We put them in the altar area, put them to sleep because they was three, two, and, and a few, Stella was a few months old, and we would clean that church because my mom told me sometime the way up is down. Folks want to be elevated overnight. No, baby, you got to go through some stuff. I know we live in a microwave generation, but didn't anybody come up in the crockpot dispensation? Yeah, crockpot. You, you, your mom and them said, we, 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 when we get home, because you didn't dare ask for nothing at church. And you know, back then they had church for three hours. Can I get a witness? And you just, they might bring some crackers that Sunday. <laughs> and I said, might. And what no children's ministry. And you knew not to even breathe wrong. Your mama would grab, no, she didn't even grab, she just looked. Can I get a witness? That's why these generation crazy now. We look at them crazy. They'll look at us like what? How I many you know the devil is alive? I will elbow you in the teeth. I mean, I will just love you and just <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> Let me get back to about y'all that got me in the flesh. What? And whoever <laughs> desires to be first among you, let them be a slave. Next verse. Just as the Son of Man, talking about Jesus, he did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. My second point, people of God, if you want to experience unusual favor, not only do you have to seek him, but you got to serve him. Jesus came to not to be served, but he came to serve and gave his life as a ransom. For many, it says. Look at this one. Go to uh, go to uh, uh, Second Kings four and one. Look at this real quick. This is gonna bless everybody. A certain woman of wives 
of the sons of the prophet cried out to Elijah saying, your servant, my husband, is dead and you know, somebody say you know, that your servant feared the Lord. Now, this woman was confrontational. She like, wait a minute. Yeah, my husband, he dead. But I got his life got to count for something. Because at the end of the day, he was your servant. But he was my husband. Which lets me know he wore multiple hats. Which lets me know. Then, then she even put, put it back up. Then she says, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know servant feared the Lord. She misses the word servant twice in that scripture alone because she wanted to reiterate, wait a minute, listen, the creditors are coming to get my two sons. I'm already mourning the loss of my husband. I'm not about to go through another mourning process of mourning my two sons because my husband left some debt behind. Because to me, it sounds like he was a good husband, he was a servant, and he feared God, but he had one downfall. He had some debt. And back then, the creditors didn't come get your house and your car. They come and get your children. Did you hear what I said? I'm going back south on you real quick. They come and get your children, your kids, your offspring. But she said, wait a minute. The creditors are coming. She said, your servant, the one that made sure that when you went out to do ministry, he was always with you. The one, when you made an altar call, he was the one that got their phone numbers. Come on, somebody. He was the one that walked them through some things. He was the one that, after you got done preaching, let me take over from here. Let me take them in the back and get their information and drop a word on them. When they called the office, I was the one because you were in prayer and, 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 and study of the word. I was the one. He was the one that took that call and gave his courage away. So she was like, wait a minute, my husband, your servant, don't forget this man rolled his sleeves up and he believed in grinding for the kingdom. Can't let him go out like this. So he said, they coming to get my two sons. She said, I, basically, I can't mourn them. I'm already mourning the fact that I've lost my husband, the one that complimented and completed me. I can't go through losing my two sons. Next verse. So Elijah said to her, what? shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And, and she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. How many of you know God can turn your nothing into something? All you got to do is look at yourself and be like, he turned me from a nothing into something. He turned me from a nothing to something. So he, he says this, so, so then it says, and then he said, go, go borrow vessels from everywhere and from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Don't, do not gather just a few. In other words, what I'm about to do, what God's about to do in your life, you can't just go gather a few. I need you, I'm about to cause you to experience unusual favor because your dead husband feared God and was a servant. But I need you to be able to at least follow instructions. Even though what I'm getting ready to tell you doesn't even make sense because you're about to go borrow all these vessels and ain't got but a little bit of oil. Next verse. And when they had come in, 
you shall shut the door behind you and your sons and then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. Next verse. Then it says, so she went from him and she shut the door behind her and her sons and brought the vessels uh, to her and she poured it out. Next verse. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And, and, and he said to her, uh, there is not another vessel. Uh, so the oil ceased. Uh-huh. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. So in other words, God supernaturally moves in this situation because this woman was demanding. This woman was like, wait a minute. My husband was a servant, and he feared God, which means that he wasn't like a roller coaster. He went up and down. He was steady. He was steadfast, unmovable. He feared God, which means he reverenced and respected God. His life has got to count for something. And because he was a servant and dead, God supernaturally multiplied what that woman had. Do I have anybody here today? You know without a shadow of a doubt that you've been between a rock and a hard place and you've watched God multiply some things in your life. Anybody ever worked a dead-end job? And then God closed that door and then opened up a bigger and better door. I'm so glad that not only has God opened doors in my life, but I'm grateful for every door that God closed in my life. Because in some time in order to God to get you where he's trying to take you, he has to close a door or two. So somebody in here today, you've been trying to pick the lock to get back in. But God sent me by today to tell you that God shut that door and you need to just be still and know that he is God. Because God is about to do something unusual in your life. In other words, God's getting ready to open up something else in your life. Somebody give God a praise. Somebody scream, God can do it. Put up Matthew 7, 7. Matthew 7, 7. I, I forgot to hit this real quick. Ask and it will be given to you. A lot of times it hasn't even been given to you because you ain't asked. And you seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. How many of you believe that? If you ask, you seek, and you knock. Some of y'all need to go knock a door down. Like that lady did. She's like, y'all about to increase me. Attorney general office. She went there making demands. In other words, she was doing Job 22 and 28. If you decree a thing, it shall be. Come on, somebody. Establish. Come on. You know, the initial price that they asked for this building, you think I gave it to them? I told you I'm a pastor in the business, man. I'm like, no, 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 no. no. This is what we're going to do. And guess what? We met somewhere in the middle. Because how many know you got a low ball? And you know they ain't going to do it. They laughed at me. I was laughing too. <laughs> I just want to see if y'all was going to do it. <laughs> they said, Pastor Still, they said, come on, don't insult us. I said, I know, I know, I know. But I'm still not giving this to you for asking price. Y'all about to give me this building half off. And it ain't got no air conditions either. You know, I milked that. That we all going to die in there the first month. (laughs) 
Seek and knock. Ask. Put it up. Put it up. Ask. Seek and knock. Look at the first word and ask. Look at the first word, the letter, and, and, and seek. And, and look at the first letter and knock. Somebody say, you better ask somebody. Don't you ever forget this scripture. Some of y'all need to highlight this. You need to write this on your chest, on your heart. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. So number one, people of God, you got to seek him. Number two is you got to serve him. Let's be like this widow woman. She was like, wait a minute. My husband, your servant, she had a talk with the pastor. She looked, holler that. Let me holler at you, Elijah. She had a spirit of Jaquita. Can I get a witness? And she said, you know, he was a man that served God and feared God. But she has some um to her. You got to have some um to you. You can't make it in this life being passive. You got to have a go-get-it spirit. For the kingdom of God suffered violence and the violent take it by force. We got to be radical. Just like when we watch this NFL game, we're going to be radical. Can I get away? We're going to be like, come on, Falcons. Since the best team in America didn't make it, it's, it's okay, though. It's, we, 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 we coming through our morning. And next year, we'll get that seventh. Hallelujah. Praise them in the sanctuary. Oh, I got my, some of my cowboy friends that are slow to speak. Quick to hear. <laughs> if y'all gonna get it, y'all gotta replace y'all whole defense. But that's all I got to say about that. Let me get back to the <laughs> Where's the scripture at? Where's the scripture at? <laughs> Don't walk out of here salty. But uh, uh, seek him, serve him. Put up Acts thirteen thirty six, and we're gonna move on to our third point. And we'll be done. Acts thirteen thirty. It says for David. After he served, somebody say served, his own generation by the will of God, he fell asleep. He was not going to sleep until he served his generation. Look at your neighbor and say, don't go to sleep yet. We got work to do. We got work to do. We got ground to cover. We got zip codes to take for Jesus. You haven't even begun to walk in the favor that God intended for you to walk in. It's not time to check out now and lay down and go to sleep. The Bible says that David, put it back up, he, 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 he served his own generation. I like own because in other words, he took ownership of his generation. If we can learn how to take ownership of this generation, that's why David could not die premature. All the stuff that he did, come on somebody, human moments and taking people wives. Come on, somebody. Can I get a witness up in here? Come on, as far as I'm concerned, his sin was worse than Saul's. But because uh, uh, Saul's had a heart issue, David had a flesh issue. God was more forgiving of the flesh issue. Because when it came to David's heart, oh, he loved God. He just had issues. Anybody been there? You just love God, but got issues. I grew up in church where they would tell you, you got issues because you don't love God. 
That's so far from the truth. That's manipulation. How are you going to tell me I don't love God because I got issues? I'm just saved but ain't been totally delivered. Help me in my transitional period. Help me get to a place of deliverance. Help me. Pray me. Help me get my breakthrough. Tell me that I got to seek him. Tell me I got to serve him. Tell me I got to make my aim him. Tell me that I got to go after him. Don't tell me what I'm doing wrong. I already got a revelation of what I'm doing wrong. Tell, give me some instruction. Give me, give me a game plan. How I can overcome me and not self-destruct. That's why this is not a church that will beat you up. We are a church that will build you up. We are a church that will tell you that the mercies of God are new every morning. Mercy meaning he gives us what we don't deserve. And I'm not saying that we, we want you to stay there, but God loved you so much, he won't leave you there. Because he knows the end from the beginning. He knew you was going to seek him. He knew you were going to serve him. So David, even before he went to sleep, he made sure he served his generation. That should be us, people of God, that we want to serve this generation. We want to leave our mark. We want to leave an imprint in somebody's life. Let me give you the third thing. So number one, in order to experience unusual favor, seek him. Number two, serve him. Number three, sow back to him. Go to 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Look at this real quick. 2 Corinthians uh, 9 and 6. So pastor, you mean to tell me if I serve him and seek him and sow into him that I'll experience unusual favor? That's exactly what I'm saying. Look at this, it says, but, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly and, 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 and sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Next verse. Then it says, let, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not out of grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Cheerful meaning that ones that are hilarious. That, you look up the Greek word cheerful, it means hilarious, means, which means a ready and willing giver. Then it goes on. Look at this. Where I really want to go. And God is able. How many know God is able? After you have cheerfully given, after you've been a ready and willing giver, the Bible says that he is able, which means he has the capability to make all, somebody say all, grace abound towards you. That word grace means unmerited, undeserved favor. Matter of fact, put this up in the uh, Amplified. Look at this real quick. It says, and God is able to make all grace, every favor, somebody say every favor, an earthly blessing. Pastor, you mean to tell me that God wants me to experience his grace, his unmerited, undeserved favor, and he wants me to experience earthly blessing? That's exactly what the text says. He wants you to have that earthly car, that earthly house, that earthly wardrobe. Oh, come on, somebody. Uh, I believe that. That's because that's what the Bible says. And, and, and then it says, uh, uh, an earthly blessing come in abundance to you, to you, to you, to you. Now, 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 go back to the regular version that we were in. And God is able. Somebody say, God is able to make all grace, all grace, all favor. He will cause all favor to abound towards you if you seek him, if you serve him. And you sow back into him. And you do it cheerfully, not out of grudgingly, being grudgingly or out of necessity. We're giving not to get. We're giving because we love God. 
and we want to be obedient to his word, then he said, I'm going to cause my favor. It's just like when we needed $50,000 and we didn't have it, and me and my wife went in our retirement. Most pastors told me, they said, man, you crazy for doing that. You need to just pull on those people more. I said, no, nah, man, I'm taking this out of my retirement. And ever since I've done that, God's grace, his unusual favor, has been abounding toward me. Amen? Because I sold it. Because I know a seed can meet my need. That my seed will put me in a place of abundance. That my seed will put me in a place of favor. That my seed will eventually begin to increase. And God will eventually begin to multiply. Which brings me to verse 10. Look at this. Look at this real quickly. Look at this. Now may he who supplies the seed to the sower. Anybody in here knows that he supplied it. He's the one that gave you the occupation. He's the one that gave you the job. So he, he supplies seed. He supplied you the job so you could have seed to pay your mortgage. He gave you the seed so you could pay your car payments and so on and so forth. And he gave you seed so you can be a blessing to his house. Because when you bless his house, he will bless your house. Because when, he, when you bless his house, he will cause his favor, his grace, earthly blessing to abound towards you. Then it says, and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown. The same God that you trusted to supply it, you got to trust him that he can multiply it. I got anybody that trusts in the God that supplied it and that you're trusting that what he supplied, he will multiply because you sold it. And the Bible says in Isaiah 55 and 11 that his word will not return back void. Jeremiah 1.12, one translation says that he hastens over his word to perform it, which means he watches over it. So his word won't come back empty. So three things, people of God, if you want to experience unusual favor, seek them, serve them. And so back into him. The God that supplied the seed can multiply it back into your life. Uh, in the world, my wife, $1,300 seed that she gave me 12 years ago, turned all y'all. And millions of dollars. All because we stepped out. Matter of fact, recently, somebody doing an article that's going to about 100,000 people and they made a typo in the article because part of the article talks about how when I asked my wife for her paycheck they missed, they typo said they said that she told me she had to go pray how many know the devil is a lie we had to call the editor back and tell her that no 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 you got it twisted sister my wife never said let me pray my wife said, I believe in you. Let's step out together and believe God. If God turned two fish and five loaves of bread and caused these people to all eat and walk away with some leftovers, we said if God did it for them, we know God can do it for us. And here we are 12 years later and one month watching God still multiply what we sold even back then. So I'm here to tell you that if you step out on faith, 
and you trust God, he'll multiply what you put in the ground. How many of you receive that? That he will cause grace to abound towards you. If you seek him, if you serve him, and you sow into him, how many of you believe that he'll do it? How many believe that you're about to walk in unusual favor? Anybody believe God is about to do exceedingly, abundantly, above, more than you can imagine or think? How many believe eyes have not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared before you? If you receive that, somebody give God a praise. High five, two or three people tell them unusual favor is coming. Unusual favor is coming into your life. Prophesy that over them in the name of Jesus. You and me are going to walk in unusual favor. I know what God spoke to me. I know I've kind of lingered in this topic a little longer than I thought, but I wanted to be obedient to the Spirit of God. Walk out of here today saying, you know what? Seeking Him is on my agenda. Serving him is on my agenda. Sowing back to God is on my agenda. If we aim after God and we eagerly pursue him, what God's about to do in this season of your life is going to be bizarre. If you receive that, somebody give God a hand praise one more time. Hallelujah. Somebody scream, do it, Lord. <laughs>